Welcome to Creating the Good with AARP Illinois, a show with inspiring people who we hope will inspire you. And now, your hosts, Bob Gallo and Rosanna Marquez. Hi, I'm Bob Gallo, State Director of AARP Illinois, and I'm here with my co-host, Rosanna Marquez, State President of AARP Illinois. We're excited to be here with you on our weekly radio show, Creating the Good with AARP Illinois. If you're hearing us for the first time, welcome. We're talking with some fascinating folks who are making a big difference in their local communities. You know, Veterans Day is just around the corner. And with that in mind, this week, we're talking with an inspiring veteran, a woman who has dedicated her life to helping fellow female veterans and also women still on active duty. Her name is Rochelle Crump of Hazelcrest, Illinois. She's a veteran of the U.S. Army and was a WAC, having served in the Women's Army Corps during the Vietnam War era. She saw firsthand the difficulties female veterans faced after returning home and started the nonprofit group National Women Veterans United, or NWVU. The group operates the only military women's veterans center in all of Illinois. The center provides an array of support services, including help with finding housing and jobs and navigating the Veterans Administration benefit system. The goal of the NWVU is to make sure female veterans get the assistance they deserve and make sure female service members are remembered in history. For all her work and efforts, she was recently highlighted by the American Red Cross of Chicago and Northern Illinois as one of several individuals honored for their outstanding acts of heroism, dedication, and service to the community. Rochelle was picked as the military hero. What a wonderful honor. She's also dedicated many years to government service and was the first African-American and the first female assistant director of the Illinois Department of Veterans Affairs. Amazing. Welcome, Rochelle. Thank you very much for being here today on Creating the Good with AARP Illinois. Yes. Good afternoon, Bob, and thank you so much for inviting me here today. It's, it's our pleasure. It really is. And so let's start at the beginning. At what age did you join the Army, and what prompted you to sign up? I went into the Army when I was 17 years old. And as much as I would love to say that I went in because of patriotism, I cannot. I actually went in because as a youth, I actually was not focused on which way I wanted to go while I was in high school. And I struggled. I had parents, and I had a very nice home living with my mother and my siblings. But for some reason, I could not just figure that walk out. And um, that was the best thing for me in the Army, actually. I say saved my life. I'm sure it can straighten anyone out. What did you do in the Army, and what did you learn from being a soldier? I was a switchboard operator, so just picture Lily Tomlin on the switchboard <laughs> with gloves. I always tell everyone that, and then they could get a visual of exactly where I was and what I did during 1971, 72, 73. And, um, you know, it was in the communications field. We were the base operator. And, uh, you know, we connected everyone to everyone on the base and outside of the base. And what I learned most with the military was, one, leadership. I uh, learned how to take orders. I learned how to team build and to 
be responsible and to respect each other as well as respect life in general and not take things for granted. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that you started the National Women's Veterans United Group to help your fellow female veterans. What, what prompted you to form the NWVU? You know, what, what is the mission? Well, the mission itself is to ensure that women veterans are not left out of history and also to make sure that they are aware and that they are able to access their benefits and entitlements and community resources as they go through the complicated systems of the Veterans Affairs and the Benefits Office and Health. So we wanted to make sure that they had the right tools to work with and that they could access those uh, entitlements. Were you having that experience yourself? Is that what motivated you to start the group for others? I can say that I didn't really experience it as a negative. I experienced it, uh, experienced it as looking around and not seeing a lot of military women veterans because women veterans just don't identify themselves. Even though I worked for the Department of Veterans Affairs at that time, the regional office where I served for 23 years, uh, basically, no one ever talked about being a woman veteran. Uh, I did because I landed, you know, um, some engagement with others outside in the community with Veterans Affairs because they knew I was a veteran. So, I mean, everyone did not do that. They did not self-identify. And that was the biggest problem and what prompted me actually to start the women uh, services. Uh, okay, I got it. So, um you know, we also learned you have a center for women veterans in Chicago. Tell us about that and what sort of services are you offering? And it's all free, right? Yes, everything is free. And, you know, I am just really, really elated to talk about it. We have some amazing women uh, in the membership and those who come to the center, as well as our board. Everyone is a female veteran. We do have a uh, a association for women who are not necessarily have been in the armed services. Uh, but what we do is we actually provide different programs. Peer-to-peer -peer support is really important for us. Uh, preserving our legacy is very important. Making sure that women veterans are, again, you know, having the tools to access the VA system itself. We provide creative art therapy. We do quilting. Uh, we have crafts that are donated to us by Help Veterans Heal. We have um, different programs to help military women veterans who are still challenged with different aspects of their medical uh, disabilities when they left out of service, who continue to have challenges to readjust, who have post-traumatic stress disorder, trained brain injury uh, disabilities, anxiety, depression, all of those things that have basically led to their losing their resiliency with life. Amazing that, you know, so many of those things, you know, you know, we, you know, we might take for granted. And that's, that's an amazing agenda of services um, to help so many people in so many different ways. So let's, uh, let's continue the conversation and I'll, uh, I'll switch it over to Rosanna for some questions as well. Sure. Yeah. Hi, Rochelle. Um, so that's a very impressive array of, of services that your, your center in Chicago provides. Um, you also have a very active color guard that performs on holidays such as Memorial Day and at cemetery 
cemeteries. For our listeners who don't know what a color guard is, say a little bit about that, but also tell us what is unique about your color guard. Well, what the color guard does, it, it performs a ceremonial uh, rendition, if you will, of posting the colors. And when we say the colors, we're talking about the U.S. flag. We're talking about our state flag. We're talking about our city flag in reverence to saying the Pledge of Allegiance, listening to the national anthem. And with that, we are all female color guard. And it's relatively rare that it's a unique part of it. And we are so proud of when we have to do that. We do it for free and we enjoy doing it because it is a part of what we all experienced in the military. And so we're, we're really proud of it. Yeah, as you should be, as you should be. Now, your group's motto is resiliency is the cure for every challenge. Um, I, I, I love that. Um, and it seems like a good motto for, for really all of us. So why is resiliency so important? It is so important because a lot of us who left out of the military early um, lost their sense of way with the transition from military status to civilian status. Uh, some served 20, 30 years, and one even served 40 years in our group. And, uh, you know, we look at those things that they did in the military, and that was home for them. They were tight-knit with their group at that time, their battle buddies. And so leaving that scenario and then coming back home where everything has changed, people have changed, the families even have changed, and they have changed. And so making sure that they can remain resilient and or stepping in when they lose that perspective of who they are, because we've seen that over and over again, trying to figure out how do you stay in the service 20 years and then you come home and become homeless or you become you know, isolated from society itself because so many things can go wrong in the military. So many things can change when you come home and you feel that you're different from all of the people who you used to be close knit with, including your family, because they don't understand, number one, your patriotism. They don't understand the sacrifices that you made. And particularly when you have been deployed, Many of them have been deployed more than one time. They experienced trauma while they were deployed. There's military sexual trauma, and which has a stain on America's military because it has really affected a great number of women who have served and given so much to the armed forces. And you know, for that, they still struggle. They're still challenged with society and then itself and trust factors. So we step in for that. We make sure that we're there for them. Um, we're, we're that rooting team that says you're going to be okay. And we have done it over and over. Yeah, that's really excellent. So, um, so after your military service, you spent more than 20 years working for the government, uh, becoming the first African-American and the first female to serve as an assistant director at the Illinois Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, how did this work help you see the kind of needs that female veterans had and still have to today? Okay, so those services are separate from each other. One was a federal employment job. That's where I stayed for 23 years. I was a service officer. 
I started out as a work study, went to file clerk, went to education clerk, went up the ladder, and then ultimately the veteran service officer. And also I was appointed and elected by my peers to be the EEO coordinator for the agency, including the women's program manager. And I also started working with homeless veterans on my own time. But I used the services that I did uh, for those homeless individuals to come to the VA office so that I can help them better when I partnered with a organization that was just starting out in their home. It's called Fetifist, and it was a social service agency. And then I moved on to the city of Chicago. I was appointed by uh, Merrill Daly at the time, and this was after the passing of Mayor Harold Washington. I was on the Mayor's Advisory Council, which was first implemented by Merrill Harold Washington. And I stayed on that uh, committee for 13 years before I was appointed as the director of that. So I was the director and liaison for the mayor's office and the mayor himself, in which we did some amazing things, bringing all of Chicago together and all over. I have to say that because people used to come miles and miles to be a part of the programs that we held, mostly ceremonial, but it was always to honor and to highlight all of the contributions that every veteran had made. And and that was really significant to so many because you have even the Korean War, which is considered to be the forgotten war. Right. I think this is um, such a, an inspiring conversation and I'm learning so much, uh, but we have to take a real short break and look forward to continuing our conversation in just a moment. You're listening to Creating the Good with AARP Illinois. We'll be right back. Right now, the health and financial security of voters over 50 are on the line. That's why AARP Illinois is fighting for your voice to be heard. AARP Illinois wants to make sure that you know all of your voting options and that all Americans can vote safely, whether they choose to vote from home or in person. To learn more about your voting options, visit aarp.org il. Paid for by AARP. Looking for free ways to stay active, healthy, and informed without leaving home? Here in Illinois, you can access virtual fitness classes, cooking demos, caregiving coffee chats, and even gallery tours. Every Friday in October, join us for virtual animal therapy with Soul Harbor Ranch and spend time meeting horses, donkeys, and dogs over Zoom from the comfort of your own home. Register for events and find out all the ways you can connect with your community at aarp.org near you. And we're back. You're listening to Creating the Good with AARP Illinois. I'm Rosanna Marcus, State President for AARP Illinois, and I'm here with my co-host, Bob Gallo, the State Director of AARP Illinois. We've been speaking with Rochelle Crump, a U.S. Army veteran and founder and president of the group National Women Veterans United. Um, so just before the break, you, you talked a little bit about uh, uh, this service you did on the uh, Veterans Advisory Council uh, under uh, mostly Mayor Daley, as uh, I heard this right, uh, initially under Mayor Harold Washington. Um, and maybe while you were in that role, uh, we understand that you also helped organize Chicago's first Veterans Parade. Is that is that right? Tell us about it. I was asked basically to be a part of the women's aspect of it because there were eight names on the moving wall for the Vietnam uh, veterans. 
And so what I did was I partnered up with the women who were participants of the parade. We laid roses at each of the panels where the names were of those women. Although I sat through all of the committees because I was on the uh, committee itself for the advisory council, I had to give all the tribute to all of those veterans, mostly males, who actually came together to make it just a wonderful, wonderful parade in which, you know, how the vaccines, you see all the vaccines of everything when you have such a big past. And I, I was a part of that. I saw all of that. But overall, it turned out the way that everyone expected. There were thousands of veterans from everywhere. It was a day of remembrance, a day that still gives me chills to see all those proud veterans. And, you know, I can only think back and how the small pockets of women veterans were at that time. They had not yet developed. They really had not. How does it feel uh, to get the recognition of military hero by the American Red Cross of Chicago in Northern Illinois? You know what, it's, it's quite an honor, but it was never about me and it'll never be about me because as we have in our membership, our one of our models is that it cannot be about one of us, it has to be about all of us. And so, you know, having that honor was only to have the opportunity to do just what I'm doing right now. And that's to basically talk about our organization, the National Women Veterans United. And also, you know, I could tell you about the millions of, you know, stories that I could probably put together from each of those women that are in our membership who have given so much of their lives in every aspect from military to civilian, the nurses, nurses who served in Vietnam, uh, the Korean War veterans that we have in our organization, uh, we're losing them, you know, but we still have a few in our organization. We have a chapter in Rockford, and uh, we also have women who have served in Bosnia. And as I mentioned earlier, some of them have had double uh, deployments. We have one who, she did two tours of duty in Iraq. Uh, some who've served in Afghanistan, Bosnia, Germany, they've served all over the world, land, air, and sea, and they're in our organization, and each one of them has a story, and those stories are just a part of their resiliency, and those who had to come home and rebuild resiliency as well. Some came to our organization, and they were homeless, and they're now back in societal you know, means that they can take care of themselves. And, you know, we collaborate with them all the time to make sure that everybody is well. Yeah, your your motto about um, it has to be about all of us should be at the heart of what inspires everyone in these conversations that we're having. How has the current coronavirus pandemic affected the work you do? We actually planned a, um, a Zoom virtual retreat just last Saturday. And we had over 100 um, registrations, but of course, 100 were not on the uh, Zoom at one time. So it looked like as we followed it throughout the day, because it was from nine, I mean, from uh, 10 o'clock until 3.30, that they were coming in and going out. They were from different uh, states as well, and we were really proud of that. We had a major general uh, from the armed forces. She was from the army, and she has a program down in Alabama. She was on. She was 
one of our first presenters. Uh, we had a, another Brigadier General who called in from Hawaii. She's the sitting judge for the Veterans Appeals Office. We just had so many women to check in and our check-in was about how you are coping during the pandemic. That's what we themed it as, and those are some of the uh, responses that we received of how women in other states are faring as well. Yeah, so, so, you're, so you're being flexible and innovative in, in how you keep people together is what I'm hearing. Absolutely. We just haven't figured out the fundraising part yet, right. <laughs> but we're okay. going to get there. So I'm, I'm curious, Rochelle, you know, what advice you might have um, for someone else who's looking to make a difference in their community but really isn't sure how to go about doing it. I would say that, you know, military veterans are in the community and you don't recognize them because right. you see them in their uniform. Mm -hmm. But some of them serve every day. They serve on various organizations and agencies, uh, your American legions, your DAVs, your BFWs, you know, even though women are not, like the majority in those organizations, they're in the community. And if you learn your community just on your block, you will be surprised at who has served in the armed forces. So I say that I would start there as a project that you can't go wrong with, understanding those who gave so much of themselves and, you know, see what they're doing. Just ask them, how are they doing? You know, do they need anything? And, and start like on Veterans Day, putting flags out, uh, making sure that we honor those doing memorial weekend that it's not just about having a barbecue or getting the family together. There are a lot of families who are still hurting, who hear that knock at the door even today about right. the loved one. So I would start there. That would be a great start. Great. That's that's wonderful um, advice. We all have to do a lot more for those who have done so much for us. You know, and, and if people want to learn more about National Women Veterans United or how they can get involved in, or help, um, how can they do that? They can contact us at nwvu.org at gmail.com or they can call us at 872-731-2150. And we invite them to visit our website at www.nwvu.org. Great. Thank you. And I, folks listening, I, I really encourage you to do that and to learn more and see if there's something that you can do to pitch in as well. So thank you, Rosanna. Yeah, thank you. And so on that note, um, it is time for us to go. Rochelle, it has been a great pleasure speaking with you. Um, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing with us all that you do to help create the good. And thank you so much for inviting me here today on behalf of all the amazing women across the nation who have given so much to our nation. Thanks. Uh, you've made my day telling us your story. That was U.S. Army veteran Rochelle Crump, founder and president of the National Women Veterans United Group. It was a real pleasure having you on. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to Creating the Good with AARP Illinois, a new show where every week we'll talk with those who are making a difference in their community. And we look forward to being with you next week. For more information and ways you too can get involved in your local community, visit createthegood.org or to learn more, visit aarp.org 
www.ncpa.org forward slash IL. The opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the views of this station or network. We hope you'll tune in again next week for Creating the Good with AARP Illinois.